Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into Red Raider Rundown here on RedRaiderSports.com. I am RC Maxfield alongside Brandon Solis. Another week and another episode, Brandon. How you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, we had that nice little code front the other day. Yeah, don't tell me Last about it. My days. AC's been on the fritz for about three or four days now. It got to 87 degrees oh. in my house yesterday. Couldn't do it. Yeah, well, I got a husky too, so it's even worse. Oh, yeah, that is. Bad. Yeah, I had to, I had to go to the convenience store down the street, get a bag of ice, and put it in the garage, and he just laid in it for a while. There you go. So, treating him good, at least trying to. But on today's podcast, we'll discuss uh, offensive line, probably the most talked about position group on the Texas Tech roster, maybe outside of quarterback. But I think it's even more talked about than quarterback now that they have Tyler Shuck. But first of all, got to thank Carnley Properties for sponsoring the podcast today. They've made their clients millions the past few years. And Brandon, do you know what Carnley Properties can do for you? Uh, I feel like they can unlock my future and anybody they else's. They can. They can unlock your future and anybody else's if you're in the Austin metro area or you're looking for a ranch property in the Austin area, give them a call. The info will be down below in the podcast description. But, Brandon, it's interesting, this offensive line group, you you look at it and you add a guy in T.J. Stormont, who all Big 12 type guy at left tackle, solidifies that position. You have Dawson Deaton in the middle there who also has a really cool article um, on TexasTech.com. Be sure to go check that out. As, uh, I didn't know he was a dad. Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't until Father's yeah. Day on that post. So, but yeah, it was a good. It was a good. Good article, like you said. Yeah, about two years old. It sounds like two-year-old daughter for him. You have him, who's reliable as well. You also have Weston Wright, who's proved to be good at the left guard position. But that right side of the line, even though we have a pretty good indication of who it's going to be, is still a question mark because you don't know how they're going to transition to those positions. But. Overall, when I say offensive line at Texas Tech, what is the one word you would use to describe that position for the Red Raiders? Man, see, that's a, that's a tough question because um, I want to say solid just because of the names. And T, I think TJ Stormont changes that entire group. Um, I think we've seen in the past that the offensive line can develop some good talent. Jack Anderson getting drafted. Um I know they didn't get drafted, but uh, they went un- they went as undrafted free agents and Terrence Steele and um, Travis started Brunke. started last year though for the and Cowboys. He started for us and uh, he had a rough time, but hey, that's one. I mean, that uh, it, it goes without saying that's something that uh, the coaches obviously were comfortable with putting him in there for however 16, 17 games. I don't I don't think he played the entire season. He might have though, but um, nonetheless, getting his feet wet in the NFL and getting these you're getting Jack in next year. And I think I think that helps when you get a guy like TJ Stormont, but it's hard for me to come up with one word. What would what your one word be? Just because I don't think it's as unproven as the wide receivers are. I would but, say questionable. Um, questionable. Yeah, I, I think um, questionable is probably the word I would use in the sense that I, I don't have questions on the whole entire line. Yeah. But in bits and pieces, I mean, I. I feel pretty comfortable with three of the starting five in terms of I know what they're going to give me, right? And that's the left side and then Deaton in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to right guard, right tackle, and then depth, I think it's very questionable just because we haven't seen it at those respective positions at Texas Tech or 
we haven't really seen a bunch of guys depth wise come forward and show that they are, can be reliable depth guys. Right. So I think questionable is what I would use. Now I will say this, I, I think from an experience standpoint, you have to love the left side of the offensive line. Like you just have to love the blind side. Right. I mean, again, TJ Stormont coming in Weston, Wright Has proven to be really good at left guard. Um, and I think he's probably even going to take another step forward being between Deaton and now Stormont. I think that just solidifies him even more mm-hmm. as a solid left guard. I'm not saying that he's going to go out and be a, you know, top three round NFL draft pick or even a draft pick at all, but he's going to be a very good left guard in the big 12. Um, and it's, he's not going to have to do as much because he's between two really, really good guys um, on either side of them. Um, but the other aspects of the offensive line are questionable. I think when you look at the depth, we were talking about it before we started recording. I mean, it's like two guys you feel confident in uh, maybe three. Um, if you have, you know, a personal favorite, in terms of the depth, but I mean, it's questionable after that. And I, and I think that's fair to say just because of what you had to deal with last year, um, last year, you know, left tackle, you're starting Caleb Rogers as a freshman burger didn't perform like you thought he would at right guard or right tackle, excuse me. And now maybe he makes that transition inward mm-hmm. a little bit. So I would definitely say questionable. Um, but I think that they can solidify that pretty early on. I think again, we talked about it. Houston is the biggest game of the year on that schedule. And it's not just because it's the first game. It's just because of the tone it can set. Um, I would love to see what Texas tech can do against a Houston program that typically has one, if not two guys that are pretty damn solid on the defensive line. Yeah, no. And um, you brought up Josh Berger. I'm, I'm kind of confident in him moving him back inside at his guard position that he was used to at Wofford. So that's why I have confidence in him. And then Caleb Rogers has shown that he can, uh, He's already had that experience gained from last year. Now move over to right tackle where it's going to be a little less, I think, in a in this pass um, pass off passing offense. I know they're going to stick to the run game, but, you know, they're going to air it out a little bit. I think he's going to be a little bit more comfortable on that right side. So uh, I think that left side helps your entire line a lot, including no Deaton. So um, and then obviously we got to see if TJ Storman can uh, come right in and still be a big 12 guy like he like he was at TCU for a year. And um, but the depth is very questionable. I'm a big Ethan Card guy. I like him uh, at the tackle position. I know you're a big Larry Moore guy, or you you um, big, you mentioned big, big Larry guy. Moore guy. Yep. So I think those are two guys you can watch out for in the future. But um, but this line right now, yeah, I I mean, I I'm a little more confident in it just because of the movements that we're that we're making. And I know that Coach Wells will harp on being cross trained up front. So we'll see. Um, and, and injuries. I mean, I mean, once you get injury prone up on your offensive line, it feels like everything just kind of falls, falls apart. So if they can stay healthy, I think this group can, can really, um, you know, gel well and get the chemistry going early, which is very, very important. Um, and you need to start that game one, like you mentioned against Houston, cause they usually do. They had, um, what was the dude that, um, not a really Ed big Oliver. name at Oliver. Yeah. I mean, but in, in college, man, the, he was a beast. So they usually have one of those guys. So I think that's a good challenge for you um, unless we're just out of the realm and Houston doesn't have a good pass rush anymore, but. Well, we'll I mean, they had that guy last year that was drafted. I think his name was Peyton Turner got drafted oh, yeah. 26, 28th overall or something like that by the saints. Um, I mean, they always just seem to have one good guy um, on their offensive line, if not two, mm-hmm. and maybe they don't this year, but just looking at it historically, they always yeah. seem to um, at least in recent history, I, you, you mentioned card and he's kind of the no pun intended here. Wild card to me, like 
legitimately because I, I think when you look at him, I think his frame and his intangibles suit that of a really a guy you could put at guard, probably most likely at the tackle position because he's 6'8", 320, mm -hmm. 325 in that range, right? Probably more so on the outside than in the guard position. But I like what he brings to the table. It's just – I don't know if it's the inconsistency with it or – I haven't seen it in long enough periods to feel comfortable with him saying like, yes, that is a quality depth piece. Now, is he a good football player? Yes, he is. But I don't know if I would feel that great about what he offers if, you know, knock on wood type situation, um, Caleb Rogers has to be replaced, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would feel comfortable with that. I do like his skill set, but it's just so unproven. And it goes back to the word that I mentioned, questionable, right? It's just, does he have, you know, the skill set, the intangibles that you could plug in and see him being a pretty solid right tackle? Yeah, I think you could. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen enough of it at a high enough level on a consistent basis to feel comfortable with that. But I also feel like you could say that for everybody that's going to play offensive line for Texas Tech except for three guys. Yeah. Yeah, and I think consistency is the key word there. I was just looking at his – his little bio here because i mean he did get the experience he did but um but it's the consistency part of it that um individually you know that uh sticks out with the guy like ethan yeah no he, he's i think he's really good like in the sense that like i, I like what he brings to the table mm -hmm. and again this is a juco guy he was i believe he was ranked in the top 20 junior college offensive tackles the year he left in 2019 yep. out of coffeeville um a highly highly ranked guy out of Juco, right? And again, he played in, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't start every game last year, but I think he started no. like maybe five, six, maybe uh, a little more, seven. seven. There you go. Seven of the right? ten. Played in all ten. Yeah, so I mean, a quality guy right there in terms of experience, but the yeah. thing is that experience, we haven't seen it um, translate to long-term success, right? He's He got replaced. I mean, that's just what it happened last year. He got replaced. Um, and I, again, I like the qualities and he's the guy that, in my opinion, if we're asking who could be that quality depth piece right away this year that can play inside, outside, probably more so outside it's Ethan Card. I mean, he, ha again, we're talking about him a lot, but he's the guy that I could see, you know, again, knock on wood type situation. You need somebody to fill in a spot on the offensive line. And I think he's that guy outside of center. I think the backup center is going to be Landon Peterson. Um, who again, I like quite a bit. I mean, I, let me ask you this, who is the most important guy on that offensive line? Cause I think I know where you're going to go and I might have a different answer. I think I'm going to go Dawson Deaton. Okay. We're on the same page. I'm right. But there I was going to go TJ. I think it's Dawson Deaton, but yeah, Dawson, just you're the middle, you're the middle of the damn center. You're, I mean, you're in the middle of damn line at center and, and, uh, the experience he's been a reiterator, you know, and then obviously had the backstory. People now know more about him. Yeah, be more personable with him, and I think people are going to see him as a um, as a guy you can kind of be the anchor up front, which I think he definitely could be. But um, yeah, Dawson Deaton, man, I, I'm uh, really high on him. Landon Peterson was just checking him out a little bit, and um, I think obviously we need to see a little bit more from him. He's been a special teams guy, so. Well, I think he's the center next year. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to find. I mean, one. at this current moment, I think he's the guy next year when Dawson Deaton leaves. Mm -hmm. And then I think uh, uh, Burholst, uh, not at center, but I can see him for 
Well, never mind. He's, he's a senior, so never he's mind. He's so interesting to me. Like, he, yeah, I, 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 and again, I like his skill set. It's similar to Card, right? But obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Ethan is a little younger. But I thought Volhurst was going to be um, one of those guys where once he got the opportunity on the other line, he's not going to let it go. And, yeah. you know, there's obviously circumstances, whether it's in your personal life or you just don't perform on the field, whatever it may be, right? That, that just didn't come to fruition. But just watching him and watching the skill set he brings, and again, it all comes back to that one trait I keep saying, it's inconsistency, um, and just you haven't seen it. So it, it's one of those deals where I really like what he has. Um, but again, I and I, I think if you ask me right now, Casey is the backup right guard behind Berger. And real quick, mm-hmm. let's run through this because I think we both have um, the starting five. Yeah, for this team, the same. It's stor- from left to right, real quick. It's Stormont, Wright, Deaton, Berger, and then Rogers, right? Yes. I think Peterson is the backup center. I think Volhurst is um, the right guard. I think um, when you look at it, Larry Moore probably. I would venture to say he's probably on the left side, but he needs to gain a little bit more weight. He's listed at two seventy five right now. Um, would definitely need to gain a little bit more weight. Um, but he's an interesting project to me. And then I think Ethan Card, if needed, could play both tackle positions if they don't flip a Caleb Rogers over to the other side or whatever the scenario presents. Um, so I think you have guys that are, um, you know, potentially there, right? Yes. It's just, again, it's just comes back to questionable and finding that longevity there um, in terms of reliable backup, which, again, I, I, I get why this has been a talking point all year long in the, or all off season long, I should say, just for the sheer fact that, um, well, outside of three guys, everybody's a question mark, really. Yeah. And you're only playing with looks like 13 on the roster. Yeah. And, uh, one of them that registered freshman from Coffeeville, um, Matt Keeler, don't know much about him, uh, personally, but, um, I guess, you know, he's a guy maybe that could, we could see some action out of just to kind of get, Something out of them. And then Aaron Castro's on the roster here. And then uh, Trevor Roberson. We haven't talked about him. Andre the Giant 2.0. Yeah. Uh, and, man, once you see him on that practice field. It, it, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, but then, like, the feet aren't there. Oh, no. It's, no, it, I it, mean. It's, it's, it, yeah. I, and, again, I, I, I think if you work at it, long enough he'll get there but it's it's quite a bit of ways off right now Mm -hmm. yeah and you're entering what year three but i guess you don't count one of those well he wasn't there last year remember he opted out because of covid so you get does he get two years i don't know how that works to be honest with you i think last year was his red shirt year technically or however that works it doesn't count anyway he gets the year yeah yeah Um, you get the year so but i'm pretty sure now that i think about it he redshirted his first year on campus in 2019 um and then so it he, says redshirt freshman 2020 did not see any game action so there you go yeah because he opted out yeah so um, it's interesting to see where he develops i mean it, that's been a huge project for them no pun intended well, it's, it's got to be one of the tackles though right i mean he's just yeah, too I mean, damn big yeah, to fit yeah. on the inside just protect the quarterback you'd think yeah i mean i it's so interesting because again i, I think rightfully so and i've mentioned it already this is definitely the biggest talking point this year when it comes to a position group, you know, outside of quarterback. And now that Tyler Shuck is here, I don't think that's much of a talking point anymore. We know what that position is. Right. Mm -hmm. But offensive line is very different in the sense that 
again, TJ Stormont, you know what you have. Weston Wright, you know what you have. Deaton, you know what you have. And again, I, I want to even throw Berger and Rogers in there. You know what you have in terms of a skill set. You just don't know how that skill set is going to translate to right guard and right tackle at the Big 12 level. And so when it comes down to it for me, first of all, health is going to be the most important factor. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's just for any football team, right? You got to get lucky and then you got to have health. That's just how it goes, right? Um, but you look at what kind of talent you have on the offensive line, and it there's quite a bit of projects and just a bunch of unknowns. And again, it goes back to question marks and questionable. Again, I think Casey is a solid backup. I don't know where he would play outside of right guard. Maybe they flip him to left guard if they need him. Um, you look at it, Landon Peters, I think he can play any position in the middle of the line, whether that's left guard, right guard, or center. And then Larry Moore is a fun project to have. And then Ethan Card is probably your backup tackle at both positions, right? Mm -hmm. So you're eight deep. Not ideal. You you want one or two more just in case. But you mentioned it already. Um, And you said that there was 13. I mean, that seems kind of low. But at the same time, it seems about right in terms of what Texas Tech is dealing with right now. And I'll say this, too. I don't think it would shock either of us if by the time that the season started, they add another transfer that's immediately eligible. Yeah, exactly. I think they did want to add another one. Well, they wanted to. There was a Michigan guy that was visiting. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. um, And again, I haven't heard any updates on that. That's probably a Matt and Ben question. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that they had a Michigan transfer visiting on an unofficial visit this past weekend. Um, Last I heard, things were going well, but... um, who knows at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, let's jump into these questions, though. Appreciate everybody um, giving these questions. Uh, PJ, always coming up clutch and always seems to be uh, submitting questions. We appreciate that, PJ. The first question he had was, uh, based on p- spring performance, who was penciled in as the starting O-line? Any freshman expected to make an impact? And now, real quick, you did you count 13 on the website? Yeah, kind of 13 on the roster. So there's 15, actually, because remember, the two freshmen aren't on there. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So um, I guess that's a better number, right? That is, yeah, um, that, that makes you feel a little better, even though the inexperienced, but still. But let's answer that last question before we answer the starting line real quick again. Um, any freshman expected to make an impact? I'd be pretty surprised if they did. I, don't, I, I like Jackson a lot, but I don't think he's going to make an immediate impact. Yeah, Tucker, I like him a lot. I'm a big fan of his. But, yeah, I don't think immediate impact is going to be with these guys um, just because of the, uh, I mean, Larry Moore, Card, all these guys have pretty much seen the seen the field with you already. Yeah. So I don't see any of them kind of – I see them maybe getting in a, a few plays, especially on special teams and all that stuff. But um, I think things would literally have to hit the, hit the fan if you saw those kids uh, get some playing time unless they somehow just – blow them away at practice and it translates on the field somehow, but uh, don't see them really being much of an impact this upcoming season. Yeah, no, and we mentioned the starting O-line as we see it right now from left to right. We got Stormont, Wright, Deaton, Berger, and Rogers. Um, and I would, barring any injuries, I would be pretty surprised if that changes at all, yeah. um, just because that seems like it's pretty solidified right now. But obviously things can change. When it comes to injuries, this from Robert Bass, 1252, are upper class linemen as weak as it appears? If so, we'll obviously try to get a solid grad transfer. If we're taking a small class, how many in addition to a transfer would we try to sign? 
any reports of an upperclassman stepping up and getting into the conversation as a potential starter this year or next? I think the most obvious answer there is Landon Peterson. Yeah. On the last question. Yeah, I think him and then um, I'm losing his name. Let me see. I still like Casey maybe, but Landon. Yeah, I think Landon. For this year, I think this – or not as a starter. I mean, I'm going more or less impact guy, but um, Landon Peterson is a good one. Larry Moore. Yeah, I I like Landon Peterson a lot. I would be pretty surprised. Obviously, a lot of things could change before next football season, not the one that we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he seems kind of like he's got the inside edge to be the center for the Red Raiders starting in 2022. Um. And then we'll answer this one real quick, too. Are our upper-class linemen as weak as it appears? I don't think they're as weak as it appears. I just think that, again, it comes back to that they're questionable, right? I, weak isn't the word I would use because, think about it, you got Stormit, you got Deaton. That's pretty good. I think Berger mm-hmm. has proven at a lower level that he's good. And last year he flashed, but not on a consistent basis, right? And right now that he's on campus again, I mean, you look at him, and Weston Wright's a junior, technically a senior, so this will be his fourth year of playing football at Texas Tech, so upperclassmen there too. I think the upperclassmen um, aren't weak. I just don't yeah. think that there's a lot of them, if that exactly. makes sense. I think that it's very thin. I don't think weak is the right word. I think thin is probably um, where I would go in terms of verbiage. And then, um, yeah, I think a grad transfer, or just a transfer in general, doesn't even have to be a grad transfer, is mm-hmm. very, very likely um, in my opinion, um, this from Brian underscore red Raider of the current lineman, who is the best potential to be drafted in the NFL draft? I think uh, you have to look at uh Stormont, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I would go Dawson Deaton after him. Um, I'd see Dawson being a, uh, what he, Jack Anderson area kind of guy, not day one, not day two, but probably day three. I like Weston Wright a little bit. I was um, scrolling through and he caught my eye a little bit. I don't, I, I think Stormit and yeah, I think those are the right answers, the ones that you had. Um, but don't forget, he was an honorable mention Big 12 last year as a sophomore. Weston. Yeah, don't, don't forget that. He started all 10 games, was um, previously inserted at right guard, I believe, in 19. So the, uh, and so the left side. Yeah. Now he's <laughs> on to the, well, now he's on the left side. Yeah. yeah so. And I mean, I think he started 18 games over his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there it is. Now started 18 games over his career in each of the last 17 consecutives. Um, wow. And then part of the an offensive line that has allowed only 1.6 sacks per game, which ranked 30th nationally and third in the Big 12. I think people also forget that. Last year, I think the offensive line was better than people think. I just think the quarterback mm-hmm. situation was so abysmal that it made the offensive line look a lot worse than it was. That's how it was for Pat. I mean, that defense made him look how it was. And then, you know, that's usually how it goes. And then the 1.6 sacks per game, I mean, that was because I think Bowman and them, they released the ball within you know, two seconds of getting the snap. Well, Bowman didn't make a read. He just assumed that the just, running yeah. back was in the flat and he just threw it. <laughs> so, um, but nonetheless, by the way, did you take the numbers? Yeah. By the way, did, I've been talking to a guy that's in the know at Michigan, and he thinks there's a good chance Bowman is the starter there. Really? Because there's been multiple so. guys transfer. Um, there's a guy hurt right now in the competition, and then they have a true freshman. And John Harbaugh does not like to start true freshman. Yeah. I mean, and there's a reason why, I mean, that Bowman ended up picking Michigan. 
I mean, that's a it's wild, man. And I think if you ask the college football world, that's an upgrade from where you were. Oh, oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, don't be and, delusional um, about it. Hundred percent. That's a that's a major step up. Oh yeah, that's a major step. Like, up, I mean, but... not trying to be rude or anything, but <laughs> Texas Tech to see, Michigan. I love my, State. I love you know, you know, Red Raiders, but uh, nonetheless, it's a major step up. Like, let's be realistic yeah, about you this. play in the game, the big game. So, um, seeing him play in that game would be wild. Starting quarterback against Ohio State. I mean, I just don't. Wild. I mean, there's a reason why though that he chose Michigan. They had to tell him something. I mean, it makes sense though. If John Harbaugh wants to keep that streak, um alive in terms of never beating Ohio state. There you go. Um, <laughs> this from double T JB house Tucker and Jackson looking as freshmen, any chance they play this year or next. I mean, we don't really have a lot of new information on them. They no. weren't, they weren't on campus in spring. So they, they just showed up. Um, what Summer I guess when two the weeks of, ago, yeah, two, three weeks ago. So um, chances of playing this year, I think the only way they play is if massive injuries happen. Yeah. Um, but next year, yeah, I could see one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could see one for sure. Um, this from uh, NM Metal Man. Metal Man. What about Landon Peters, Peterson, excuse me, and Trevor Roberson? How are they progressing? Will either be a contributor this year? Again, I, I mentioned his name multiple times. I'm pretty big on Landon mm-hmm. Peters. Um, I, 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 I like him quite a bit. Yeah, I can tell you, dude. Trevor Roberson, though, I don't. Peterson, uh, I should say. I said Peters right there. Yeah, said Peterson. Peterson. I apologize. I thought it was under the breath, so I didn't say anything. Nah, Peterson. Uh, will either contribute this year. Peterson probably will a little bit, just to yeah. give Dawson some breaks. And then uh, Trevor, though, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think he will. I just don't. I just man, don't know where, how they feel about him. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I'm all good for a project and everything, yeah. but the size, I, I mean, you can't find that size just anywhere. I mean, yeah, you can, you can find it in the WWE ring with the big yeah. show. Um, but that's the only place you can find it really. Um, maybe on an NBA court, but not the weight. Yeah. If he, um, if he had the footwork and all the mechanics, he would be a monster. He'd be absolutely insane. But uh, too yeah. bad that hasn't translated, and um, I know they're still working with him. But um, who knows? Maybe he surprises everybody and gets everything down. And he's uh, competing and he starts contributing. But um, obviously, this is our opinion, so um, I just don't think he will. Yeah, I, I just like Landon Peterson a lot. I think that he's a versatile lineman, um, and those are hard to find. That guys that can actually contribute, and will he um, if he gets in have moments where you're like, "What the hell is he doing on the field?" Yeah, that's just college football 99% of the time, though. Um, this from Tall Mike. Is this uh, Trevor Roberson's burner, you think? Maybe. Maybe he's not right. tall, though. Oh, it's a, okay. I got gotcha. you. Tall Mike, but he's actually pretty short. Sure. But, yeah. We can relate. We can relate. Um, a lot of good questions about the O-line development for the future, for the coming season, who actually looks like D1 competitors looking at least at the top 10 players um below the top 10 yeah who looks to be a path to being a d1 caliber player does anyone who is on scholarship actually look to not being able to become a d1 competitor i think that's hard to say um first and foremost it's difficult to really tell anything worth a damn 
Yeah. About O line or D line and spring football, um, other than just one on one drills. And let's be honest, that's just neither here nor there. It's cool to mm-hmm. watch, but really yeah. not um, going to tell a whole lot outside of just one on one type stuff. So I think really when you look at it, I, um, and I think that the staff to a degree has earned this right. I think that their eye for talent is pretty damn good, right? I think that we could agree on that. It's pretty good. Um, And I think that the offensive line has talent there, but again, it comes down to questionable. The only guys that I question in terms of like D1 talent, and it's not even the D1 talent aspect. I think he has it. It's just, can he figure out his damn body? It's Roberson, right? Like, I mean, he's 6'11", 350. The man is literally a walking skyscraper. I can barely function with a 5'10", 165 body. I can't even imagine what it's like for him, right? So, like, that that's my major issue with it is that I think everybody on here has D1 talent or has D1 traits, right, at yes. least in some regard, because or else they wouldn't be here. But the, the thing is, is that th- those traits don't always translate due to X, Y, and Z hindering you. Um, but I think overall, I think that there's, you know, let's run through it real quick. I have trust in terms of just the talent level. And I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, what the hell are you doing? If they went into the game, if an injury happened, right. Or if they're starting burger Stormit, Um, I don't feel that way about Clayton Franks, who we haven't mentioned. I think that yeah. he has the potential. Um, I'm going to leave Matt Keeler off right now just because he's younger and I want to see him add a little bit more weight. He's only 6'6", 295, maybe a little bit more. Um, I don't feel that way about Casey. So there's four. You got Wright. That's five. Peterson is six. Deaton is seven. I want to see a little bit more weight on Larry Moore before I put him in that group. Then you got Caleb Rogers, which is seven or eight. I mean, and then card is nine. So I think you have nine guys that are depth pieces, but only three guys that I feel safe saying they are absolute starters and I know what I'm getting out of them. Yeah, that left side. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Let's see. Not so much interested in who will start. That will be um, apparent. Who will be the best? This is relative to only ourselves. Who looks like they are competition ready? That's his last question from Tall Mike. I mean, again, I think it's, I think everybody is competition ready, mm-hmm. right? I think everybody's ready for that. It's just Good to point out, yeah. Um, how do you perform? Performance and being ready are two totally different things, right? They're just mm-hmm. they're just different. And I think in terms of performance, again, I feel confident in three of those guys that they can play at a at least an honorable mention Big Twelve level. Which we've seen them do in the past, and yeah, yeah more, exactly. So, I think that um, they can do that, if not higher. I mean, shoot, you saw TJ Stormont; he was a what All Big Twelve second teamer. Mm-hmm. Um, so his first year in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I feel confident in saying that they are that at least, right? Which is nothing to sneeze at. Right guard, I think good in Josh Berger. I want to see what that transition is, and same with Caleb Rogers slipping sides from left to right. After that. I think, again, everybody's competition ready. It just comes down to performance. And do I trust them at that individual spot? And you mentioned earlier that Matt Wells and crew want them to be versatile on that offensive line, which I do like because, again, the more bodies and opportunities that you have in terms of 
putting them in a situation that they're comfortable with, they're probably going to perform better. Um, I just don't know right now outside of those three and then to a degree Berger and Rogers um, that I would say that performance is not something that I'm worried about just because I haven't seen them on a consistent basis at a level close to the three on the left side, including Deaton. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't want to, I don't think people will see Berger or Rogers be just straight out terrible out there. But because I, I, I have a lot of confidence in both of them. I think by the time we get rolling here to Big 12 play, I think that whole line will be pretty solid. Once uh, I think Berger just – I think it convinces me that he's going to be really, really good for you to go back to guard. And then Rodgers, to me, would be the question mark just because of the, the youth and stuff. Even though he got the experience, um, it's going to be a little different because you are playing your full schedule now. Yeah. Which, um, you know, could help him. Obviously, it's more experience. But um, mm-hmm. now you got to get used to playing, you know, two more weeks of ball or whatever. And, you know, going on the road to Houston to begin a year and, you know, doing just doing all that stuff. And um, but, yeah, I think that um, I mean, what was the what was his last question? Primarily, um, who looks like they who are com- like they're yeah. competition ready. And again, I, I would rather change that to performance mm-hmm. like. Yeah, just in the sense that competition, everybody's ready for competition. That doesn't mean you're going to perform, though. Yeah, and you open with what? Uh, you open with Texas, Big Twelve, yeah, Big Twelve. Yeah, start down yeah, in so, Austin. So you're starting down in Austin. You're going to play, you know, FIU and Stephen F, and then obviously Houston to open. Um, I want to see how Rogers does against Big Twelve competition on the right side, and then uh, I'm trying to think of what else. And I'm I'm also wondering uh, how they do, you know, mixing up with the runs in the past, just kind of dealing with Cumbie's offense. Yeah. What is he going to want to do? What is he going to want to use them in? What are we going to see from them? What kind of the game plan with them and see if they actually have that down? And that's probably a good question to ask Cumby um, once we get rolling here again. Well, also, does the tight end help on either side? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Does just a simple chip block, a simple chip block, excuse me, yeah. inside mm-hmm. to Rogers to help him out? Like, I, yeah. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that. Um, I don't know to what degree, but I mean, everything that we've seen in spring and again, Grain of salt, please take this with a grain of salt. Mostly when Brandon and I were at spring practice, we're looking to see who has improved at certain traits, right? Not overall in terms of scheme and whatnot. Um, but they were using the tight end quite a bit more. Yes. Yeah, and um, I think that obviously, like you said, that's going to help them out tremendously. And we'll just see if um, – we'll see how they end up being on the line, <laughs> kind of grade their blocking skills. Yeah. That's going to do it for Red Raider Rundown this week, though. For Brandon Solis, I am R.C. Maxfield. Appreciate y'all listening. And, again, a huge shout-out to Carnley Properties for sponsoring the podcast. If you live in the Austin metro and are looking maybe even for a ranch property down there in Austin, be sure to give Carnley a call. They've made their clients over $4 million in the past several years. Be sure to go give them a call if if you are in the market in the Austin area. Again, he is Brandon MRC. If you haven't already, subscribe to Red Raider Sports. And if you haven't, you can get free access, premium access to Red Raider Sports until August 8th. All you have to do is sign up right now and get all that good recruiting info as uh, Ben and Matt have been on one. I'll say that they have been on it Mm -hmm. um, the past couple of weeks now as the Red Raiders have added four new recruits. And 
we won't even speculate and try and give you insights on those. Those are the experts in Matt and Ben. So be sure to check out their podcast when it comes to that recruiting. Again, for Brandon, I'm RC. Appreciate y'all listening. And y'all know where to get the latest and the most breaking Texas tech news. That's, of course, at redridersports.com.